Welcome to FML Euros. Euros. I'm Milan. Uh, this is our Fantasy Euros debut pod. We'll dive into the rules of the game, some overarching strategies, and just fucking regular, regular old banter. How are you? Great. It's good to be back. I'm a little oh under God. the weather, so I apologize if I'm uh, sniffling. Sniffling, coughing, blowing yeah. your nose. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's still great to hear your voice. Uh, it's great to be talking about Euros. <laughs> <laughs> and to be back with you, friend. Oh, and our listeners, our glorious listeners. Uh, on that note, PSA to join our Fantasy Euro League. We have the league code on the website, fmlpl.com. Click leagues. I don't know. There's like 100-ish people on there now, so it'll be good. It'll be fun. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. This site is such a fucking nightmare. It is so incredibly bad. It's the worst thing ever. God damn it. Yeah, they, there were so many times where I would make like eight transfers at once, and then it just wouldn't save. Oh, yeah. And you just have to do them like one at a time to make sure it like saves them. It's yeah. just such a nightmare. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, opening question from the god Luke Thunshot. He says, have either of you ever played soccer in real life at any level, like on an actual team and shit? What's your deal? Yeah, I mean, we grew up in the burbs of New York City, so ASO, AYSO A-so. is like the, every, everyone did it from age five to whenever you want to stop playing, but I was a goalkeeper. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, but I, I, was, I played in, you know, up through middle school, but I realized like going into high school, like... Dubbo was so good that I, there was no so way I would crack good. it. And I was, you know, I focused on basketball. Yeah, you were a basketball sport, guy. So always. I was always playing travel basketball growing up and shit like that until high, playing in high school or whatever. But um, Yeah. Yeah, footy yeah, was, was actually my best sport. Like, I was really bad at basketball, really bad at Little League baseball. But I was like a good left winger in footy. And then. Just being a fucking, being a fucking lazy piece of shit that I was. I think it was like maybe I was like eleven or something, and I was on one of the travel teams and practice moved from ten a.m. to eight a.m. And I was just like, oh, I quit. And my mom was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's I'm never gonna wake up at eight a.m. Like that's ridiculous. I don't fucking care. And that was the end of my soccer career. Yeah. I remember I had this like goal saving clearance one time, and and this dad, someone's dad on the team was just like, oh my god, and you just like won us the game, and I was just like, I. I didn't actually know what was happening or the rules of soccer. I was yeah, just you, like, oh, okay, cool. I remember like when we were that age, the best thing was when the game ended to go to the ice cream truck. Exactly. It was just like, get me out of here. Like, yeah. I don't want orange slices at halftime. I yeah. want fucking ice cream immediately. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, Beautiful so I times. guess that's it. Not much. I mean, it wasn't either of our main sports. Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> that's yeah. the main sport. <clears throat> oh, God. I'm fucking... I haven't... Talk this much since like Wednesday. you sound horrible. You need like a spit spit bucket, spitting I'm just gonna put like days. a filter on the pod that like gets rid of all like <sighs> clear throat and loogie spitting sounds. This is like the first time I've been sick since moving out to LA, and I don't do well when I'm sick. You know, I'm never sick. I'm like a fucking wreck right now. Yeah, man. that's it. That's how I'm same exact yeah. shit. All right, all right, let's do a quick sponsor, and then we'll dive into, like, all the fucking shit. Okay. Are you bummed with the Euro scheduling? Are you going to be missing over half the matches, slaving away at work instead of cheering on your captain? Well, FML FPL Euros is happy to present Gary Lineker's Linolax. As you may or may not remember, in the 1990 World Cup, Gary Lineker famously shit himself on the pitch. While turning lemons into lemonade, Gary has now put together what doctors are calling a terrifyingly explosive chemical compound. So when you need to get out of work, a wedding, a funeral, or whatever it may be to go watch Euros, don't worry about lying to your boss anymore. Just relax with Linolax. So, genius, let's do... We gotta start with the rules, because there are some huge changes to the normal FPL game. Most Most of it's the same, like the scoring and shit is pretty much the same, but... Let's talk about the rules. I think that the biggest thing is the, the like the substitutions, the changing in and out of players, and the changing in and out of captains throughout one game week. 
Yeah, I mean, it's similar if anyone's played Champions League or World Cup Fantasy, um, yeah. where you have your 15-man squad and you can sub in and out players as they play. So if you have someone blanks game week, game match day one of game week one, you can sub them out for someone on your bench that hasn't played yet. So basically it just emphasizes strength of squad over putting like fodder. Like we'll always have a 4.5 million midfielder in FPL. But here if you do that, you're basically guaranteeing that you're going to have a blank out of one of your spots. So it really limits your squad to 14 players. So for us, I mean, we'll be talking a lot more about this, but we put a high emphasis on having a good squad, right? Yeah, and that was that was one of the questions that came in from our Twitter followers. This guy's name is the most insane thing ever. Oystein Wolovic, but at the O has like that slash through it, you know? Uh, he's like Polish or something? He's like Danish or Norwegian, or I have no idea. But yeah, he said, is it better to have a super squad of 11 or one with like 13 to 15 players? Not even 13 to no, 15, 15 is our answer. 15, yeah, 15 of 15. Because like... Yeah, it's just so easy uh, for anyone. I assume everyone who's listening just plays FPL or some fantasy. Like, you don't know. It doesn't matter who your goalie's playing or, like, your defender or your striker. Like, you don't know if the points are coming. They don't always come when you want them to come. And to be, to be able to sub out, say, like, Mueller blanks and we can sub him out for some fuck who got a clean sheet on our bench is the difference you know, it's a big difference in four points right there. And it just is so good to be able to do that and to be able to split your captains up too. So if you look at the different game days, or what's the lingo? Like the different... I think it's like match day in the same game week is what I understand. Okay, so if you can split up your captains on the different like match days, meaning like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the first week of Euros, then that means you get like five... You know, potentially up to to five different captaincy attempts. So you can just ride it until someone scores like a brace or something, or, you know, even just maybe one goal, depending how the week's going, then you can just leave it on them and you'll get double their points. But if someone blanks, then it's all good because you get the next day, you get to captain someone else. Yeah. And I mean, with captaincy in general, there's no bonus points and there's no. Points for recovered balls like there normally is in the uh, international games, but um, to me, I think that the limit would probably be nine points for captaincy, unless if you're looking at that last day when you maybe don't have someone that good. Um, what do you mean the limit? Like I wouldn't want to stick captaincy on anything under nine points. Oh, oh, oh I see what you. Unless mean. if it's maybe say there's five days within the first game week, if you maybe have someone with six points or something going into the last day, and you don't have someone really good. Maybe right, you'll, right, you'll keep right. it on him, but I think the way that you set your team up is that you need to look at the different match days and make sure that you have a good captaincy option for each one, or maybe yeah. one that's not that at, good. At but, the bare minimum, your three strikers shouldn't yeah. play on the same day, because yeah. those are your heavy-hitting, expensive captaincy options. So you want to have at least three like really good options in those those three. Yeah, and that's, that's the kind I feel of like that's bare minimum. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing. Like I've been seeing a lot of teams with Mueller and Lewandowski on them, and they play on the same day. So to me, it's just such you have to, even though both are great options for points. Yeah, of course, yeah. you have to make sure that you have your heavy, expensive players because you're not going to have many when you have to build a, a squad that they're yeah. playing on separate match days. So that's something tricky, but it's also definitely something that you need to look at. Yeah. Um, and then also, I just want to go back to one thing, because when you're talking, I just want to make sure everyone understands the subbing, is that once you take someone out of your starting lineup that has played already, you can't put them back in. Right, yeah, that's important. And same yeah. with captaincy. So yeah. you can't, like, say someone scores, like, five points, and you switch captain to fucking Ronaldo, who plays on the last day, and he blanks. You can't switch your captaincy back to the five points. Yeah, you're pointer. stuck on it. You're stuck with the blank. And Yeah, yeah again, and once... Once you, if you sub someone in, so sometimes it gets towards the later stages, and you have someone who got like four points, and then you you don't know if you want to sub or not, things like that. <clears throat> Those are also that's decisions tricky. that get yeah, interesting. That's, that's cool because it, I like that because it adds that extra strategy. I think. Yeah, of like day to day like maintenance and like actual decision making. You know, like obviously you have to set your lineup in FPL, but it's cool to have like as you said, like someone gets like four points. It's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, is it the, worth it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and the other thing I think I'm pretty sure how this is similar to Champions League is that you have, I think, up until like 15 minutes before kickoff of the first game. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. the, the the games are kind of staggered in time in general. I think they kind of are, la- are layered. But um, at least for that first game, if you can, depending on where you live, you can wait to make your subs from players on your bench until lineups come out for the first game on each day. Yeah. So that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah, that's um, nice. And I, yeah. I hate how you, obviously, we, we already said the site is the worst thing ever, but you can't see the fixtures or anything, the times or anything. But if you click matches on the top of that Euro Fantasy UEFA site, then it breaks it up by like the week. And that it's actually pretty good. Like you can see what teams play on what days, and you can go to the next match day and shit like that. So yeah, yeah, because how it is now—that's how can, I do it, at least. Yeah, yeah. All you could do is see like your individual player on your yeah, whatever. It's stupid. Okay. Yeah, we need like a ticker. If one of our fans can make like a fucking fixture ticker, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Um, okay, so I think the way we wanted to just structure it was just. Kind of use our current. So we we're sharing a team. So we're just making one FMLFPL team. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have vested rooting interests in just our one squad that we're sharing. So I think we're gonna try and break down um, based on position and just talk about the players we like. Um, yeah, and just some of the decisions we're making overall. Like I'll bring one up just to kick it off. Um, this dude on Twitter at FM Slickback said, when are you going to wildcard and how do you plan to avoid rotation risk? Well, rotation risk we already kind of talked about because we're going to have a 15-player squad and we'll check the lineups before we sub in and out, etc. But when are we going to wildcard is really interesting because the way transfers work, since it's tournament style and teams get knocked out, is much different than FPL. Um, for the group stage, you get one free per like week or per match day. I don't know the fucking lingo. Per week. Um, and then after the group stage, you get unlimited transfers. So basically, like the game gives you an, a wild card. There's no option there. Then you get more and more free transfers as the tournament becomes less and less teams. And you're also allowed to put more players from one single team on your team because there's less teams, so you have to. Like, I think you get, like, eight eight per team in the final or something like that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, and the reason the wildcard question is so interesting is because you get that free wildcard after group and you get a bunch of free transfers as the tournament gets less and less. So what we were thinking and how we're kind of, like, building our team a little bit is wildcarding before the final week in group stage. So we're basically planning our squad for just the first two matches each. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you said how we get a free wildcard after a group and then you get more transfers per each knockout round or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of teams have really strong first two fixtures and then the third fixture, maybe like the number one and number two seeds in the group seem to play in some some cases. So also, you know, on that third group day, sometimes teams don't have much to play for or some teams are really found yeah. out. You know who yeah. who are the villas of the tournament, as you would, and, and you want to load up on those kind of players right, against right. those teams. So I think loosely, like, yeah, that's probably how we're looking at doing. But we could it could still change. I mean, we could still be looking at yeah. our team. We've tinkered to, every day. Yeah, going into the third match day or whatever, third game week. Um, and it looks fine, and we just save it for a rainy day. I mean, you could even conceivably not even use it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, stupid, absolutely. But, but the the but yeah, the I mean, guy the, who won the all of FPL, like not Calvin Chan, the guy who won like all fantasy Premier League number one ranked in the world, did not use hit one of his wild cards. Well, I don't know. Just, just as an example, like he just had a fucking amazing team. He was like, "Why would I use this? Like, uh, I'm like first in the world." <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's something to think about too. Just wanted to do it, but yeah. Um, but so yeah. Do you want to we... start talking about strikers and then work our way back? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's 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 a weird pod because it's all anticipation. Like we're just fucking, we're just psyched. There's no terror in the bank, only in the in anticipation of it. As yeah. uh, Hitchcock says, I think, or someone, someone scary. That's very. <laughs> that's have too heavy for me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's talk strikers. I mean, the strikers that we have in are Kane, Greatsman, and Mueller. So they're actually the three most popular strikers in the game. So we're we're pretty template in the forward line. But 
I don't know. What, where do we even start? Like, well, I mean, I think Griezmann, like he was someone we put in late, like France, for example. Like, yeah. they, I think he's the best captaincy option on France, and they play that first match day, like them against the word against Romania. So everyone's and they're the cap- only team that plays. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important to have. Uh, a really good captaincy option from France, and I don't know. To me, Griezmann seems the best. I don't know, Giroud. You know, I fucking hate him. Yeah. Um, and who knows who's going to be playing week to week? I feel like he could easily play Griezmann instead of Giroud because Giroud's bad, and just play a four three three with like Pae and uh, Martial up top with him, or who knows? But yeah, Griezmann I mean, they're just, so they're so stacked. Obviously, yeah. France. Griezmann so just a- seems the best option, so I think he's he's pretty safe in our draft. Yeah, no, I feel great about captaining him. I mean, Pogba's so highly owned, but I agree with you. I think Griezmann's definitely the best captaincy choice. Yeah, as long as he's not on pens. Oh, God, I can't <laughs> believe you missed that fucking pen. And then, yeah, Mueller is a tough one because Lewandowski is such a machine, and they play Northern Ireland. Poland plays Northern Ireland first week, but I don't know. For a million less, Mueller just always seems to get so much sh- fucking shit in international for Germany. He's just He's, an international monster. Yeah. Like I was tweeting to someone about this. Like he had, he won the Golden Boot two World Cups ago, and he won the Silver Boot last World Cup. And Germany is always among the like what top two or three mm-hmm. teams. Like yeah. they're gonna make like the semifinal probably at least. He's always gonna lead lead them in goal scoring. Like, he, uh, yeah, he's just so automatic for me. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why we went him over Lewandowski. And then, uh, yeah, Kane, I think, is the one that we're maybe, we maybe will switch out. Um, yeah, it's hard with him. It just, it seems like such a steal. Because, as everyone who played FBL knows, Kane is a fucking goal-scoring machine. Mm-hmm. And 8.5 is ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's so fucking cheap. Yeah, for, like, a top, Goal score, like yeah, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's Russia's other strikers. Tough. Yeah, I mean yeah, Ru- they have Russia, Wales. Like those are really good defensive teams. Yeah, I don't know. I mean eight five. It could be a place where we could save money. Um, but I mean yeah. the one thing we don't have is Ronaldo, and I mean we we started with Ronaldo in our first draft. Yeah. Um, the group is pretty good, except for they play Austria second, so that's a little annoying. Um, Iceland seemed to be a tough nut to crack, also, but yeah. It's the kind of thing with Ronaldo. He's so expensive, obviously, and he's so good, but he never seems to. I don't know. Twelve is just so much, especially when yeah. he plays on the last day. Like he needs, he need you need to have like the Mueller pedigree. I feel like to be twelve. You know what I mean? Like if he just like ripped it up last World Cup. Yeah, and Portugal he, aren't just aren't that. They good. always underperform. Yeah, and like. I got to shout out another guy on Reddit, this guy Aries Arsenal. He's doing like a lot of like statistical analysis. He put up this chart on the Reddit that was all of the qualifying matches, um, like goal, goal leaders and assists. And he subtracted matches against the bottom two in every group. Because remember in the qualifying... Yeah, like Steiner or whatever. Yeah, it was like fucking ridiculous. It was yeah. just... Teams were just scoring like a million goals against them. And once you subtracted those, the guys... Who took the biggest hits and their like numbers were Ronaldo and Lewandowski because yeah. Ronaldo scored like a hat trick or maybe even four goals against like some fucking horrible team San Marino or something yeah some shit like that and same with Lewandowski he scored like a hat trick against some shit ass team and and like Zlatan is number one with seven goals and Mueller's number two and there are some gems in there too but I don't know to me that kind of like hit home a little bit with Ronaldo where it's just like thinking too much about him on Real Madrid and not enough about him on Portugal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's just never really done it that much and they always underwhelm. Yeah, they're just not a height, like a free-flowing side, you know? So. Yeah, like like Germany's going to fucking dominate. You know, like Müller's going to get tons of attempts. Yeah. And that's just, that's what you want out of your big, most expensive heavy hitter. Yeah, the one thing though with Ronaldo that is, it's like playing on the last day, the group doesn't have any really great standout captaincy options amongst those four teams. So it is nice to be able to have him going into the last day as your, you know, safety net with captaincy as you rotate, but Yeah, I mean it could be a massive like change in rankings on that last yeah. day because everyone who has him will be captaining him yeah, probably. I'm assuming they haven't gotten the hall already, but Yeah, exactly. So that'll but, be interesting. Yeah, and then I mean Zlatan is someone we haven't really talked too much yeah, about. Yeah, I mean I love him. Yeah, he's Who just doesn't? he's expensive too, but Ireland is a tasty game and 
Uh, yeah. That day also doesn't have any really great captaincies. It's like when they, it's like Belgium, who I don't know, De Bruyne is so expensive if anyone's going to have him. And then Italy doesn't have anyone. Then it's like Sweden and Ireland. Like there's not. And Spain and Czech. Yeah, Czech Spain, Czech. Spain's a and tough. Spain doesn't really have like a, a standout. Yeah, it's a, so that does make yeah, him a little. Yeah, he is the big captain that day. You're right. Yeah, it does there's, make him a little bit more attractive to me than some other players just because they, he plays on that day. But I don't, I also didn't really look so much at the second week, like, because they don't all play, they kind of rotate a little bit, the teams. Yeah, the scheduling, you mean, right? Yeah, it changes Yeah, the scheduling bit, so. changes a lot. It, it makes it like, that's why we need the fucking ticker, yeah. <laughs> because it, it changes a lot on the next day in terms of like distributing your captains evenly and not having them all on one day and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, we need to look further into that. And yeah, maybe our next we pod, we'll talk about that some more. Yeah, I mean, next pod will really, I think, get more into the meat and potatoes of like players and scheduling and stuff. Yeah. And this is just a preliminary. Yeah, preliminary al dente pod. Yeah. Uh, so other striker options. I mean, Giroud's he's a good shout eight five. I think you know. Yeah, for he's fans. great value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's certainly a good captaincy option on that first day, but. I mean, with France playing Romania and Albania, being home every match, you get you have to have a France attacker somewhere. So you have to have France. Yeah. Attacker, yeah. Um, and then I guess like we we were talking about Murata, but then they also have Nolito, um, and they the also other, play false nine, and they're yeah they're tricky. Adderies also. Adderies also, and Murata never really been a huge goal scorer which kind of like gave me hesitation you know like yeah. he's really really good like I loved watching him on Juve this year and Champs League and stuff he was amazing but he's not like you know for the same price I'm getting Kane who scored like 25 goals each of the last two years you know yeah, it's like yeah. that's not comparable to me yeah and then uh I mean Shakiri is misclassed but Every he's so much better for Switzerland. Like everything Switzerland does seems to go through him. Yeah. I don't think he's a terrible shot. Sh- what about Vardy? He seems to be like really popular budget pick because he's, yeah, he's one and a half <clears throat> cheaper than Kane, and he's also a fucking machine. I'm just still like not sure because if they ever play four two three one, then he's on the bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. So yeah, it's or just... like I could see him getting subbed. If they're like trying to hold a lead, yeah, subbed early. I just I don't know with Vardy. Like, I think he's good in theory, but I'm just still they have so many options. I feel like other than Kane and attack, like except for Rooney, who's ridiculously expensive, but yeah. I don't really feel like anyone else is like completely nailed on for England. Yeah, it's a little bit scary. With Maybe England. Sterling seems pretty nailed, but yeah, but he's going to bring in Sterling. No, no, I'm just saying in general. Like I don't know Vardy. I think Vardy. We'll have to see who they start in the next. Friendly, but if they're playing like this four three three or diamond or something, then I would rather have probably Vardy than Kane for the savings. But the savings are so important. Like just being able to distribute that one point five. We've already talked about like the strength of squad. Like that turning your like five backup defenders into five point fives, and your you know our our backup our fifth midfielder six turning him into like a six point five or seven is just so massive. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think in in the seven million and under category for uh, strikers, I think probably Vardy would be the best bet. Um, yeah, Vardy Lafferty, I see like people are really excited about just because he had like ridiculous qualifying record, and I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I to me, it's not it's just not strong enough. To, for a forward, but yeah, I mean he's he is doing it. He is scoring. Yeah, um, maybe Shane Long's there. I don't know. We we had Mandzukic for a bit, which is interesting. Yeah, I think he's priced pretty favorably at eight, especially given their first two fixtures against Turkey and the Czech Republic. I think Croatia could probably put some goals up. Yeah, and their um, midfield is so fucking ridiculously yeah, good. He should get service. I feel like he never does that well for Croatia though, for some reason. Um, I don't know. I, I rem- yeah, I mean they they were really bad in the World Cup. I, they yeah. didn't get through. They just, that might like, just be so, skewing me. Yeah, I think that's just skewing because I think I think he does actually have a pretty good record. But I don't know, Mandy Moore. We'll have to see about him. Yeah, we'll, I do we'll, like him. But- I like him. Yeah, and it feels good because a lot of people have Rakitic or Perisic or uh, Modric. And if you get Mandzukic, you kind of cover that because he's a striker. You know? Yeah, I'm looking. Croatia, they play on the same day as Germany. Yeah, so you wouldn't captain it. Yeah, so I mean, that's, yeah, if you can't captain your striker. It's a hit. 
it's not good. It's not. Yeah, what but then for. they they don't play the second week. They don't play with anyone else except for Spain. Yeah, we need to look further into the second week. It's, yeah, especially it's it's upside down. It's, it's yeah, just, especially if we're looking for the wild card in in before the third week, then yeah. like we really need to be locked and loaded for the first two. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I like Mandzukic, though. I think yeah, I like Mandy. I mean, eight's a good price. And then the 7.5 strikers I've seen in some teams is Janko for Austria. Yeah. And uh, Milik for um, Poland, even though I think he's reversed. I think he's out of position. Yeah, he is out of position, hole. but his record has been ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I like him, too. Yeah. I don't know much about this Janko character, but... I looked price. him up, I remember, when, like, uh, when we started making our team. Like, yeah. he has a really, really good goal-scoring record. Um, and I think he's on Basel, and he's just always put up goals. And he, he's older. He's, like, a vet, but yeah. he just has a really good record. Yeah. Yeah. He's never I mean, not scored. Yeah. Austria, I mean, they get to play Hungary. They have that group with Hungary and Iceland, so... They're yeah, fucking... I mean, they should fly through that group. Yeah, they should, but I'm still, I don't know, Austria, they're the dark horse, kind of everyone's favorite. They are the dark horse, yeah. I don't know. Still not too convinced that they're going to just go smash everyone. They were also incredible in qualifying, must be said. They, like, scored a million goals, conceded almost none, and and got all the points, I think. Yeah, no, that's very true, so we'll see. But yeah, Yeah. Janko could be a good pick. Yeah, their group is just so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Um, But yeah, basically, that's, I mean... Being able to afford three double-digit price strikers is pretty un- untenable. Yeah, I don't um, think it's possible. Yeah, it's just this, there are too many other uh, too many other positions to fill in the squad. So I mean, and there's finding- also like the pricing. I feel like is really good in the sense that like there's no like four point five midfielder that's just like awesome and nailed and everyone has him. Like it's those guys don't really exist as much as they do in FPL. It seems like. Yeah, let's transition to midfield now. I mean, the one four point five midfielder I've seen a lot of teams of is Rafa Silva on Portugal. Portugal. I think he's nailed, but I mean, it's again, he's not going to get points, so it's not like good. Yeah, like, and you think he's nailed pretty much tells the whole story. Yeah, like, yeah, he's supposed to be playing. Like, I don't. That's not what you want in a game where you can automatically sub in and out players. I'm not going to like sub in a guy who may or may not play. It's basically just having a worthless spot on your team. Yeah, and even if he does play, if his his best case is getting what like a clean sheet point, you're not going to want to keep that player in your lineup anyway. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just not worth it. In yeah. yeah. So for midfield, for us, I mean, the way that we broke down our prices for midfielder, we have um, two seven point five midfielders, two seven million midfielders, and one six million midfielder. Right now, we have Chalhanoglu on Turkey, uh, Perisic from Croatia. Fabregas, uh, Alaba, and uh, Jao Mario. Yeah, who's the sleeper? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We both know nothing about him. <laughs> yeah, the FFS article is exciting, and his stats were good this year. But yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's basically just trying to get five players who could all return. I mean, the midfield, the premium midfield options. The thing that's tough about it, I mean, David Silva being priced at ten is just a fucking ridiculous, ridiculous. joke. Yeah. But I mean, getting someone like Royce or Goza, I mean, you're getting players on a team that you're not going to captain them because you'll probably have Muller. And yeah. then, I mean, De Bruyne is a reasonable captain shout. I mean, I think he's a good pick, but it's just hard to fit in a ten million midfielder. I think. And I would, if, honestly, he, I would never captain him over a forward. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, because the a chances. Shit how good they are. Yeah, he takes like. He's he's out of a game for 70 minutes. He has, like, one spell where he takes, like, two shots or something. Versus, like, I don't know, some, like, Mandzukic or something. He'll probably get, like, ten touches in the box and take five shots. You know what I mean? It's just, like, Yeah, because the realistic. thing with captaincy you need to really look at is you need a brace from your captain each game week. So it's, and, like... And bonus not existing hurts midfielders more yeah, than anyone. Hu- hugely. And it's the kind of thing with De Bruyne. I mean, sure, he could score a goal any day, but is he going to get two? Like, probably not. Almost so, I mean, definitely not, yeah. For you to stick captaincy on him and... and you'd be comfortable as he would have to get a goal and an assist, which is, of course, that's reasonable. It could happen. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. But you got to feel more comfortable with a, with a forward who's always in the box getting a brace than De Bruyne. Granted, he's playing on that day with maybe not, not a lot some of other, captains. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I again, mean, he's just, probably like the number two captain after Zlatan on that day. But still, like, 
I don't know, the next day there's Austria and Portugal, and before that there's a million other captaincy options. Like, there's so many other guys I'd captain before him. Yeah, and 10 million is And he's the, the most expensive midfielder in the game. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Pie at eight is interesting. We haven't really talked about him. I don't know. I feel maybe it's just because yeah. he's not nailed. So it's he's not just, nailed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna nailed. say. He's just not nailed. So I have no idea if he's even a place. So yeah. It's not even worth. I think Martial at nine is a bit of a sleeper. I mean, he's really highly owned, so I can't really call him a sleeper. I guess, but he is gonna play out of position. He's gonna be an attacking winger, just like he was from for uh, manure. Yeah. And he's going to cut inside and he's going to be asked to score goals. So, I mean, getting an out of position midfielder is always something we like in FPL. So, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he's a good call um, at nine, especially if, if yeah. you don't want to go greats, mom. Yeah. If you exactly. can afford him and then you can get a cheaper forward. Um, yeah, that's totally doable. Yeah. Otsel seems to be pretty good value at eight five, but again, not a captaincy option. It's just being able to skimp on the midfielders and just have volume of quality that's seems so important. It's hard to fit in even an eight five midfielder. It's really hard to fit in. You but you um, basically yeah. mean that means you have pretty much one double digit forward, only one double digit forward, and the other two are like Eight, eight or 8.5. That's, yeah, how we would, if, that's how we would have to do it, at least. Yeah, unless if you skimp on defense, which we'll get to our defense is not something we're considering. Yeah, not at all, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the 7.5 midfielder region seems to have some good names. I mean, we, we really like Chalhanoglu, um, even though the fixtures aren't easy there. Kind of feel like he's the main man for for Turkey, him and Tehran. But. Yeah, I mean, three of our four guys are, like, three kick takers, like, center of the park, the most important midfielder in terms of like linking the midfield to the forward line, like in Alaba, Fabregas, and Calhanoglu. Calhanoglu. Like all three of them will be on like freeze, corners, like racking up chances created, assist potential. All three of them, well, less Fabregas, but Alaba and Calhanoglu could easily score on any free kick. Um, Alaba's on pens. Is Calhanoglu on pens for Turkey? Probably, but I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, all of us on pens is huge. And then our other is Perisic, and he's not that kind of guy, but he is a goal-scoring, very attacking, like, inverted winger. So that tells you basically right there where our head's at in terms of, like, picking these kinds of guys over, like, Ozil. Yeah, it's the kind of thing with the midfield, you know, if you get one assist or one goal out of your midfielder, then they're going to stick in your lineup. So, I mean, that's really what we're looking for is getting players who we think it's a very reasonable thing that they could get one return each game. So yeah. I'm, we're we're not looking in the 5 million dumpster diving region for the midfield. We're really trying to get all players who are main man-ish on their sides. Um, and, you know, you have to look at the second tier of teams more more or less with this uh, in this region. Um yeah, you know the expensive guys are all like ten or whatever, but yeah, Germany and Spain. Yeah, um, but some other guys that we were looking at that we don't have on our team that we like. I think Hamshik is someone we yeah, like. Yeah, Hamshik, especially after that goal yesterday. Yeah, I mean that goal is fucking fucked up. Yeah, um, but you know special. Wales, Russia, both pretty good defenses. But he's main man for Slovakia, and they've been really good lately. So he, we he, might end up. Yeah, with he's him. similar to like a Chalhanoglu yeah. or like a Siggy, even where he's yeah, just gonna be yeah. like doing everything yeah we might end up with him i mean it's again it's the kind of thing that we could do it's sort of looking for us as like kane and jao mario to hamshik and vardy like do we what do we like more like yeah, those are the kinds of that things seems easy if vardy's nailed yeah yeah so hamshik at seven five seems great to me plus i um, love a mohawk i love his hair just, his hair is fucking crazy yeah what pokemon um, what pokemon is he Oh, there's a he's there's, like there's some Pokemon that Machop. has like their hair standing. Oh yeah, Chop, yeah, the <laughs> Chop with his hair sticking yeah. straight up oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Koke at seven five is interesting if he's playing. We don't know that yet. Um, I, I assume like he's nailed because he's yeah. so fucking good, and I I, I really like him. like him. I recommended him to someone the other day, and we have Fabregas just because we're saving point five. He feels a little bit more nailed and. I mean, and if he's playing number 10 at 7 for Spain... If he's playing number 10, yeah, exactly. He'll yeah. get at least an assist a game and shit, like he, or he should anyway. Yeah, I mean, Spain are similar to Barcelona in a lot of ways, where they're just, their possession numbers are just going to be like 70% throughout the group stage. Like, yeah. just absurd. So yeah. he's going to have time, space, pick a pass, goal. Like, yeah. 
Uh, Cruz is an interesting name. I know you you wanted him in early days. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I I just really like him. I like his skill set, but he plays too deep. Yeah, I he think. plays really deep. He plays super deep. He takes his maybe two three shots a game, and those are lethal shots. He has an absolute cannon, and he takes corners for Real, which I, I assume he'll lose to Ozil in yeah. international. But yeah, I don't know. Seven, I think, is a fair price for him, but. Again, like we were, we were talking about Modric early days, and he again like plays so deep, rarely shoots, etc. Versus we went someone like Perisic on the same team, who yeah. you know just cuts into the box and shoots a lot more and scores more goals and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. who else are we looking at? I mean, Matt Tweedy is still is only seven. I think yeah, he's, he's a little so under. defensive. Also, yeah, but he gets up there. I don't know. I feel I mean, like he's, he's box a little to under box. Ready. I guess not just he, defensive. Yeah, I don't know. He does get in there, and they're going to be dominating. All their so midfielders, hard. their midfielders are like box to box. It's kind of weird. Like Pogba, obviously by far the most owned player in fantasy is eight point five, which is too expensive for someone with that goal scoring record. But yeah, he's just everywhere. Like yeah. he'll come back like clear a ball defensively and then make a fucking 60-yard run into the box and score a screamer. So Yeah. Yeah. Um I've seen Grosicki from Poland in a lot of teams on FFS. Yeah, he seems a popular guy. Yeah. yeah, he seemed to have a really good scoring record for them in qualifying, but I don't know. I, I don't his I don't know about him. Um, yeah, a lot of what I'm finding with a lot of the hidden gem type of players that that we've run into is that a lot of those teams have a bunch of different players who are similar. You know, like uh, who is that fucking? Was it a Swiss guy that I was texting you about? Swiss or not Swiss? Maybe Austrian. I don't know. There was some fucking guy that I found that I was like, oh, I like this guy. He has like really good stats and really good uh, record. I know who you're talking and about. You know what I'm talking Kovacic? about, right? No, no, it was, it was some fuck. I don't know. He was good, and then I just slowly, through a little bit more research, was seeing that there's a lot of other guys pricing in the exact same range that are all like kind of good and kind of the same. And I found that to be a problem on a lot of the like lesser teams. It's just a bunch of guys in like the six to seven range yeah, who are but, all kind of similar. And yeah, it's but like, there's value there. I mean, you got there's you value there. Right but it's like, just, those are the guys. It's just really win. hard to pick which guy versus oh, yeah. like just getting the forward. Yeah, no, it's really hard. But that's yeah. those are the players that we need to figure out who's the best and go with them because that's where you're right. going to make your money. Right. If right. you're having like sevens and eights in midfield, that's you're you're just set. You know. Yeah, exactly. Because your yeah. forwards are going to blank. Like you're going to finish up on some weeks. You could have like a fucking. Four, five, one formation. Like you know, you you end up with weird formations in this kind of style of game. Yeah, because, because you take guys out who blank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's again, it's important to have everyone. But the midfield is, I think, it's a, this is the toughest spot in the game. I think is midfield. But uh, yeah, let's just, just finding like one or two budget guys. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, let's we'll just run through some more rapid fire names from midfield. I've, I think I've seen some Darida's stats are pretty good on. Um, Czech Republic. Yeah, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I think he's just like an assist guy. Um, Junusevic, uh, that's the guy that yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ali, I mean, at 6'5", he's in a lot of teams, but still just not convinced he's nailed. We had him for a while. He he might even find his way back in, but yeah, yeah I just I don't, don't know. know. Uh, Vice, I've seen in a lot of names, or Weiss, I'm not sure which way to pronounce it, on Slovakia, 6'5", he's a creative type. Um, but yeah, it's just he's, scary, like Slovakia. Like I know, but they've been so bad, good, dude. That, but I don't know how I'm sure. Skirtle. Maybe they're not that bad. Like they've yeah, been really good. Yeah, Skirtle. <laughs> um, Oleg Shatov, I think, is a little bit of a sleeper. Six five out of Russia. Mm. Uh, he's been had a really good record for Zenit. Uh, he seems to be a pretty good goal scorer. Russia's kind of one of those teams I'm talking about, though. They have like a bunch of different midfielders who are like. Um, like Cherishev and uh, Zagoev. Yeah, Zagoev. They have a bunch of guys who are like good Cherikov's stats. Hurt, the... though. Oh, really? Yeah, he's out. Oh, okay. So I think okay. Kambarov is he's out, he's reverse out of position. I think he's a defender, but he's on set pieces. I remember he was really good in the World Cup game because he was yeah. listed as a defender. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, no, I hear you. But again, I think that's where the value is. Those are the same thing with Croatia. They have three, four midfielders all between seven and seven five. And you know, right. like one or two of them are going to be great. Score all the goals, yeah, and the others will do nothing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like 
if we've learned anything from FPL, then we should follow form probably more than anything. Yeah, and follow you know, the, like the follow families. these friendlies and and less about like qualifying that happened five or six months ago, and just like who finished their club seasons really strong, who's scoring in the friendlies and stuff, and, and try and ride some form. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I think there's that's, not that much else to go off of. Yeah, I think that's a good. That's what we probably are doing. Um, yeah. Let me see any other Mac. I've seen him in some teams. He's six from Slovakia. Is also like an assist guy. Yeah, I mean, um, we talked about uh, Dries Mertens and Angolan on Belgium. Yes, both, seven yeah. five seems like you could do better. Yeah, for Mertens is a little much, but Angolan could, if he's starting, be some value. Yeah, Robbie Brady at six. I don't know. He's he's always pretty good for Ireland. Yeah, I lo- I love Robbie Brady. Yeah, you always gotta love him. And then, um, yeah, that's. I think that's about it in terms of who we've been looking at is probably yeah. these names, no one else really. Uh, just trying to figure out the right pieces of the puzzle. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go to defense. Yeah, so, I mean, defense, it's, again, I mean, if you get a clean sheet from your defender, it's basically the same thing as getting a fucking goal from your midfielder. And it should be looked at the same thing. I mean, they... That is the moral of the story right there. You just laid it on. Like, yeah. if you're, your forward scores one goal... And your defender gets a clean. The defender outscores your forward. What? Right? No, it's six and six. No, isn't a goal for a forward just three? No, it's four. I think. Okay, never mind. But it's 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 no, a but, lot of points. But it, it it he outscores them in terms of value. It's not even close when your forward. Oh, in terms of value, t- it's you know, not even it's, close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the way that our our uh, defenders are broken down are we have two five fives and we have three fives. Is that correct? Um, yeah. yeah. Right now we have uh, Hector on Germany. Uh, we have Bonucci from Italy. Yeah. We have Mangala, who we might remove. I don't know. We were fucking with that spot. And then we have Dragovic on Austria. And then Ben Davies from Wales, who is also there's many behind the, the scenes. Kind of a lot of behind the scenes talks about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk about. Mangala, because that's a really hot topic. Because as everyone knows, Varane, Varane, Varane from Real Madrid has been ruled out for Euros. Sako, I think, will stay out of the Euro squad, even though the ban got lifted. So it's basically who's going to pair with Koscielny, and it's between Mangala and Rami, right? Yeah. And because Matiu is also injured, and um, Omiti or whatever just got added to the squad and he's probably below them in the rank. So we assume Mangala because he's been training with the team forever and is like more established in the France squad. But I don't know, starting today, it's going to be um, Rami. So it's a little shaky. Yeah. We, I think we just have to, yeah, we have to just see if we get any quotes out or any more indications of what's happening there. But uh, having a France defender for those first two games seems pretty like a pretty much of a no brainer. But the problem is Evra, Sanya, and Kosh are all sick, so it's just that's a lot to spend on any any defender when yeah. you're trying to make sure you have five good ones. Um, that's the thing. We, it's like yeah, yeah. spreading the wealth. Yeah, we might need a plump for one, depending on what happens here. I mean, I, we had Kishalny in our squad for a while. Um, we might need to rejigger and try and figure out how to get him back in because um, having having a France defender just seems like. Simple coverage. They have two. I mean, ridiculous. if you're going to pile up on one team, it's France. But yeah. as you said earlier, they're home every match. Their first two matches are Romania and Albania. Yeah, they and could the be third isn't even that bad in Switzerland, who are are pretty good, but they're not like great by any means. No, they're not. France should still dominate the game. Switzerland will probably park the bus. Yeah, you know. So like. Yeah, I mean, having France coverage just seems so automatic. Yeah, and then, again, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I like the way they price the defenders. They seem yeah. way too expensive, but they're really not. Like, you, when you look at the scoring system with no bonus points and things yeah, like that. Yeah, no, it's fair. Um, how, you know, all of these defenders being priced at 6+, plus, it makes it more difficult, for sure. But, I mean, having a Spain defender seems completely, unless if you really are just hell-bent on having Jordi Alba, um, at yeah, seven, yeah. I mean, you, you know that right back spot's not going to be nailed with Juan Fran. They have so many options, but six five is a lot for them. I mean, Hummels, Alderweireld, all and these you know six, another five. thing like with the pricing and the fairness is like 
I feel like these friendlies, for me at least, were a little bit of a crude reminder. Not crude, because it's still amazing, and I'm really excited for Euros, but just a little bit of a reminder that international is, like, less crisp than club matches. There's just less, like, free-flowing goal scoring. The players are less familiar with each other. Yeah, it's a lot more stop-start. There's a lot more, like, one-nils. There's a lot more cleans. And that's where we're going to load up on defense and try and get some... You need clean sheets every week. With the auto subbing, the way the yeah. auto subbing works, like yeah, I mean, if you don't have three clean sheets a week, you're not going to do well in this game. Um, you just need that backbone. Um, yeah, it's just like so the free points, being able to sub them in and out. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I think in the six million defender range, there's so many good options though. To me, I mean, like Fuchs, I think is still good. Um, Ricky Rodriguez, we had for a while on our team. Like we yeah, both like him a lot. Him. Yeah. Boateng is great. Cerna's on a lot of set pieces for Croatia. He's really good. And yeah. then you have all the France guys. So I don't know. We'll probably have a six million defender. Yeah, we'll one probably get there down, eventually. But, yeah. And then yeah, the five fives too. I mean, we we have Hector just because he's the he's the cheapest, seemingly nailed route into Germany. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Because Germany's defense has been so bad. Do you think they're just going to be good when the lights t- are turned on again? I mean, it it feels foolish to not rely on Germany, you know, like yeah. what fucks do they give about like warming up? Yeah, They're the best thing the ever, cup. every tournament. Yeah. yeah I mean, Hector's... like, I'm not going to like stop thinking they're good just because like they maybe stumbled a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Hector seems nailed. He's kind of attacking, which usually like you can't say on a German defender. Yeah. So like that's a little extra bonus potentially, but yeah, I mean, I you you gotta have blind faith in Germany at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. Um Shar yeah. is a pretty good five five for Switzerland. He scores a lot of goals, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how nailed he is or he's a little hurt, I think. He's a little hurt, yeah. I mean yeah. like you'd probably rather have Ricky Rod. Yeah, and then England. I mean we in, all England's defenders are priced five five or higher, except for Dyer, who's at five he's playing out of position. Yeah, nailed yeah. out of position. So I don't know. We had him for a while and they play Russia and Wales the first two weeks, but England's defense, I don't know, just doesn't seem too convincing. It seems so bad, yeah. Yeah. It just seems weak. Like, the fullbacks are good, not great. The centerbacks are mediocre. Hart is pretty good. Dyer's, like, okay at holding, but kind of, like, asked to do too much, I feel like. He's the only defensive player. Yeah, and you could see him getting the card every day. Every day, yeah. Yeah, um, and I don't know. Russia is a tough team for me to read because they always seem to do fairly decently. I don't think they're a pushover. No, I don't um, think so either. But that yeah, Wales game good. surely is a clean sheet. Yeah, know. that Wales seems like a nailed clean sheet. Yeah. But you know, like I don't know, all it takes is a bail. Yeah, a bail, some magic. Yeah, but I still think Dyer at five is good value. But it's I wouldn't definitely be, good value. Yeah, I we might be go looking. back to him. I just don't feel good. Yeah, I wouldn't be looking at any other defensemen for uh, England, though, other than that. Everyone else is way more. Um, And then who else at the 5-5? I guess Pichek is pretty good. We have Benucci. Benucci, yeah. Yeah, we had had to talk about it before being convinced on it because they start against Belgium, which is obviously a bad fixture. And then even Sweden and Zlatan is a little sketchy. You'd prefer some shittier team, but... The thing with Italy is, like, they're just always the best thing ever defensively. They're always a fucking fortress. All three of the center backs have been playing together since they were, like, fucking five years old. Like, Buffon is the best thing ever. They're just so solid and underrated every single international tournament that just getting, like, an actual good goal-scoring threat in Benucci and, like, leader of the defense, FI5, on the best defensive team seems really good yeah i think it's just that belgium match that sucks because you can't yeah, imagine a clean there but yeah we kind of just like him i don't know yeah we I just like if, him the yeah. way the way that like i kind of worded it to you was like on match day one or like game week one whatever it's called where they play belgium he's our fifth defender yeah. you know so yeah whatever he'll probably be on the bench and then all of a sudden, two, and if we don't wildcard and have him in three, he's like one of the first names in the team sheet. So, you know, it's just flip-flopping your five defenders, having five good ones that play allows you some flexibility. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, I guess Vert is at 5-5, five, five, or Tongan. Um, Lombards is 5-5, five, five, except I don't think he's playing. 
I mean, we don't know about Denaire, who's 4-5 or five for Belgium. I think Wilmots did say that he's going to be playing centre-back. Yeah, so think, if he is, that's a good fucking value pick. Yeah, I think, I mean, we had him a while ago, but that seems like someone that I would prefer to go down to him versus having a Wales defender. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. To yeah. free up 0.5 to 0.5 is else. massive, yeah. That brings us to a 6 or something. Yeah, um, so I mean... Belgium seems like a team that would be nice to have a defender from because they're probably going to boss a lot of games. But, um, you know, Courtois back there, I still feel like he's a good goalie. Um, yeah, he just had a weird season. Yeah, and they just have so much quality, and their defensive line is really good. So I think Denier at 4-5, if he, if he does end up playing that next friendly, he didn't play this previous one. Yeah. Um, they do have a lot of options, though. It's a little a little nervous. But that's really the only 4-5 that we've even, like, had in our team at any point, right? Yeah, the only other four or five that I read about is that guy versus Salko on Croatia, who's I think a fullback who's yeah. supposed to be nailed. Um, but other than that, yeah, the four or fives are pretty slim pickings. Um, yeah, and like, and it's weird because it flip flops. Like in FPL, you're looking for cheap nailedness, and like you could kind of give a fuck if they're on like a bad team because they'll probably never play. But in an emergency, they'll automatic sub in or something. But in this. I'm looking for someone who's better than just nailed. That's yeah, why, like, Denier yeah. on Belgium is good because, like like you said, they'll boss games and get clean sheets and shit. Like, yeah. I don't want, like, a fucking Romania defender. I don't give a shit if he's 4 or 4.5. Like, that, yeah. he'll never, ever be subbed in by me. So he's just, like, it's like playing with a 14-man squad versus a 15-man squad. Yeah. You know, you're just going down a man, basically. Yeah. Um, the other four or five guys, I think Hinteregger and Protel, whoever wins that could be a good value for Austria because one yeah. of them has to play next to Dragovic. Yeah, that's so, I good mean, value. Yeah, I mean, if that becomes clear, then maybe we go from Dragovic to them, but yeah, yeah. that would be good value. I know I was reading somewhere that maybe there's an outside chance that Jose Font plays for Portugal. Yeah, like Font and Pepe or yeah, something. He's yeah, he's four or five, so if that happens, there's there's a potential option, but... Other than that, the four fives, there's not much, but yeah, there's a lot of potential guys and like things we need more information on. But the fact is, it's like less than two weeks away. Like I don't know when we're gonna get that fucking information, you know? Yeah, so. especially the five point I mean, there are a ton of five point options. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to end up on Mangala, but I was actually just noticing Giacarini is class as a defender, and he played like midfield last game for them, and they're friendly. Yeah, he's a midfielder. That's really weird. Yeah, but if he's nailed, I didn't know he would be nailed at all. I thought he wouldn't be like near the team, but. Yeah, he's the weirdest fucking player ever because he like could not break into like the Sunderland Sunderland, squad. And then he like always plays for Italy. Yeah, I don't know, but that could be an interesting move at five out of position. I don't yeah, know. if he's an elm, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who? I mean, all the Wales guys—they play so defensively. Yeah, I mean that's um, why we have Ben Davies in the first place, right? It's like I don't yeah. expect Wales to be like a, a terrific or anything this, no, yeah. in the Euros, but they're just like the most. They play five back, like they're just to a T, park the bus, and counterattack with. With Bale. That's yeah. like their entire game plan. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, there are those middling teams who you're not sure if they're good or not, kind of like Poland, like Glick, you know, he's five. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, defenders from those those kind of teams where Joru's there for Switzerland. Yeah. Um, some of the Russian defenders. Um, if you if you pick a team that you like or you think they're, they could keep some cleans, that, those are good picks. Yeah, um, you know we have Dragovic from Austria. We like Austria's chances a lot. Yeah, we like their group and, yeah. and their chances to just dominate. Yeah. yeah, and then I mean like Kyle Walker's five. I don't know if he's going to be. He he's probably the first choice right back over Klein at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Time. They yeah. could also switch. Rotate. Yeah, they could yeah. just rotate. Yeah, and uh, and then I don't know what's going on with Howdes for Germany. I'm still I still don't know who their backline is outside of. Uh, Hummels, Boateng, and Hector, who, if they're playing three center backs again and he's just playing out of position or what, but Howardus is only five, so he could have Yeah, emerge. he could be good. Yeah, he yeah. could overtake Hector for us. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing is with defense is just picking players from really good teams and covering yourself. Probably best chances are to get the cheapest nailed defensive option versus someone who might have a little more attacking threat. Yeah. Um, just because the point five makes such a big difference when you only have a hundred million for fifteen. And three men. games, like such a small percent chance of getting an attacking return, and also with no bonus, makes the attacking return less valuable 
in general because yeah. like someone like Fuchs is the perfect example because FPL, he didn't even need to get an assist to still get max bonus just because of the chances created. Uh-huh. But like he really didn't have that many attacking points this year. He just got all those bonus because because he was attacking in nature. But without that, it's just like just give me the nailed good team players and and you know I'll roll with the clean sheets because that's that's going to happen much more often than attacking returns. Yeah, and then let's close out with goalie. Uh, so we're on Almer and Sommer, uh, Albania. I'm sorry, uh, Austria and Switzerland. They're both priced at five. Um, all of the goalies from the top top teams are five five or higher, yeah. kind of. But um, we don't want to spend more than ten. But we also want to make sure we have two players so that we could rotate. I mean, getting that six or seven pointer out of goalkeeper is very important. So um, you know, we have Almer playing. Yeah, uh, we like Switzerland and Austria, like two of the like upper middle tier teams in like not that good of groups. Like yeah. Switzerland plays the two bad teams before they play France. They play Albania and Romania, and Austria. Pretty much every Same. team in their group is bad. So yeah. yeah, like we just, it's a good chance of a clean sheet between one of them. We think. In yeah, and if you weeks. and if you're for you know if we have Sommer playing first and he keeps a clean sheet, then we just let Almer sit on the bench, and that's I mean that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good problem to have. But we want to make sure you cover yourself, so you have two two bites of the apple for. The goalie clean sheet. Yeah, and for the millionth time, it's about spreading the chances of a clean sheet versus, like, sure, like, I love Gigi Buffon and, like, Neuer's the best goalie in the world, but, like, it's not worth having Neuer and a 4.0 or a 4.5 on some fucking shit-ass team or someone who doesn't even play versus having two goalies to choose from on pretty good teams. Yep, you need a clean sheet. You you need a clean sheet. It's just so much higher chance, and there's more chance of save points on the... On these middling teams too. So. Yeah. So some of the other five goalies, I think that are good shouts. Probably, I've seen Rui Patrico on Patricio, a lot of teams. Yeah, Patricio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Subasic seems pretty good to me. Um, Chesney. Yeah. Poland's they they seem okay. Yeah. And then I, I think Akin Fev on Russia yeah. is usually. Does he good. start over? Yeah, Lodigan. Yeah, he, he did in the World Cup. I mean, he fucked up in the World Cup, but maybe he'll get dropped. But yeah, I mean, he's solid. Yeah, but I think that's pretty much it. And then in the four or five realm, I think uh, Randolph is a starter for Ireland, even though he's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen the most popular. Wait, Darren Randolph? Actual. Yeah. Oh my god! You can't get goal. Darren fucking Randolph. Yeah. I, now I'm starting to really want to get Slot on the captain in the first. Place. Oh, I thought you were about to say get Randolph, and I was about <laughs> no. to flip. Yeah, I kind of want Slot on. Uh, we might need to fuck with some shit later, but we'll see oh for the next one. And then the four or five goalie I've seen of choice is Kozicic on uh, Slovakia. They play Wales and Russia first too. Um, yeah, that's it's a pretty good, good matchup. Yeah, it's a so. good the good matchups and it's good savings because again the point and their midfield so good you could see them dominating. Yeah, yeah they they could certainly have been good in general. I mean that could be a good a good shout at saving saving point five or so and sticking with him. So yeah, um, I mean that's we could, kind of we could look into that. We could but, look into that because yeah. I mean if we have Sommer, I don't know if it's a little redundant to have someone like Almer who's I mean, Sommer plays first, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. And Almer does a Portugal. I mean, we could go with that little four or five little Kozicic guy. I don't know. Yeah, that might help us in our uh, Zlatan fund, mm-hmm. our Zlatan piggy bank. Yeah, who plays first? Uh, we'll look at it. We'll yeah, look we'll at it. it later. But right. I think I think that's it, right? I mean, yeah, we're just like it's a weird for pod. It's been an hour already. So yeah, but yeah, basically. Next pod will probably come in. Next, next pod will be like more like a normal one, like that's like right before the game, the Euros actually start. Yeah, so. we'll probably get more into like our final team. I'm sure we'll have we have a lot more tinkering to go. Yeah, and then um, and, and hopefully we get some more like it, people start emailing us and shit again. Like email us your teams fmlpl at gmail Like your rate my teams, all that shit. We'll go over decisions with you guys and stuff and. We'll get some more like quotes and news from managers and that kind yeah. of shit. So it'll yeah, all it, tighten up a little bit. Yeah, but it's exciting. This is fun. I'm I'm it's really looking exciting. forward to uh, to Euros and fantasy is fun when you get to rotate and switch captaincies because it's just like more nuts every day when you have your captain playing. It's crazy. Day. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah, it's and, really fun. And also getting to listen to uh, producer Nate's incredible theme music is, oh, is a treat. God. <laughs> So fucking good. Like man. I want you to just close your eyes and imagine you're in like the fucking woods in like South Wales or something, just like at a fucking crazy rave, 
every time you listen to them. To yeah, it's, it's good. That's Very good. good. All right, we had one rate my team email so far, actually, but I forgot to respond. Maybe I'll do that after we finish. Oh, yeah, do that after you pod. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, check us out, fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter, at fmlpl. Email us. Uh, join our fucking league, for sure. Like on Facebook, rate on iTunes, all that shit. Cheers. <laughs>